the protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Join our story of misfit teenagers as they struggle to save the world from climate change. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Episode number 90, The Key to the Ancient Door. You've got the mountains and hills for company. got the clouds and storms and a billion stars to see you've got the rain and the streams rivers and the seas and with children running round us it's heaven all for free Abby, Tiny, and Lucy sat talking in their newly discovered meeting place in the back corner of the overgrown churchyard. The locked wrought iron door was no longer visible. Deep shadows had grown around them. Fireflies appeared in the air and mosquitoes buzzed around their cheeks and ears. Abby jumped up. What will Glenda think? She'll have no idea where we are. In a moment, they were walking single file along the wall, avoiding the thorns of the raspberry and blackberry bushes. In almost no time, they were back in Abby's cottage, where Glenda sat amidst books and papers at the kitchen table. I'm sorry we're so late. We lost track of time. It was so much fun. Oh, it's okay. If Lucy has fun here at the church, her family will be happy. And I got a lot done, thanks to you all. Mommy! Mommy! We found a secret place, like the cave house. It has a strange door and everything. Oh, I'm so happy, you wonderful girls. And I've been thinking, Abby, I really appreciate your advice. And I have a suggestion. Why don't you see if Rose and Rob want you to volunteer at the preschool? I know they need somebody. And maybe you can get a job after they see how well you do. Oh, don't get my hopes up. I need a job so badly. And the coffee shop is closed. Abby, at the preschool? You mean Abby could work at the preschool? Yes, you can do that. You'll come to the preschool every day. No one will bother you there. Oh, Tiny. I don't want anyone worrying about me. We'll tell Rose and Rob it's the best idea. They'll listen to us. Well, of course if they want me, I'll come. But they probably won't want me. People think I'm weird. It won't work out. I'll ask them tomorrow. Let me handle it. I'll just have a quiet little conversation. I'll owe you forever. The long day drew to a close. 
The shadows grew longer outside the window as Abby sat thinking. But we can start right here. We can start right now. She stood up and began searching the cottage, looking through a couple of drawers, on window ledges and shelves, among a few tools, old oil cans, glue and string. She emptied a mug full of paper clips and pennies and pencils and pens. Frustrated, she went outside and began searching the small tool shed on the side of the cottage. It was just a roof six feet high with plywood sides and torn canvas hung across the front. Inside were rakes, a huge piece of burlap, a lawnmower, some pruning tools, old gloves, spades and shovels. And on a shelf were old seed packets, a gasoline container, some motor oil, poison ivy killer and bone meal fertilizer. But no key. It's got to be somewhere. And I'm going to find it. She walked back to the mulch pile and slowly moved down Tiny's path to the secret place. There she felt into the chinks and cracks in the masonry and along the frame of the wrought iron door. The upper metal edge was covered in half an inch of decayed leaves and dust moving a small stick along and knocking out the debris she glimpsed a dark object falling and heard a clink as the metal hit a stone on the ground it was a rusted old key the type with a long stem and a wide rectangular end made to revolve through the lock yes yes I'm not so stupid, but the key won't turn in the lock. I'm afraid I'll break it. It must be years since this key opened the lock. I need oil. In a minute, Abby returned with an old oil can with a spout. After squirting oil in the lock and on the key, she tried again. The lock moved a little bit. She gave it another spurt and patiently waited a minute and tried again. The lock turned. She opened the door and stepped outside. The whole world spread out before her. Aha! Now I can get out whenever I want. And Phoebe can come into the secret place. Abby felt like cheering but immediately recalled that her enemies were very persistent people. The prospect of virtually unlimited money and power will do that to people. And so she looked slowly and carefully in all directions in the hazy light of the rising moon. Nothing moved. She stepped back inside and locked the door Coming back toward the cottage, Abby yearned for the food she had rejected in Reverend Tuck's dining room earlier that day. I've got to get that refrigerator Geraldine promised. And some money to spend. If only I could work a few hours at the preschool. 
What? What is that? A shape at my door. Someone's trying to get in. Abby froze and waited. In a few seconds, she recognized the reassuring silhouette of Dr. Bear. Hello, dear. I'm so glad to catch you. I have a few presents from your friends, and I wouldn't want them to go to waste. Abby opened the door. Would... Would you mind staying for a few minutes? Of course. I'd be happy to. Well, here's part of a smoked salmon, and a loaf of Penny's bread, and yet another note for you. And I bring you the greetings of so many people. I can hardly remember them all. After the service today, I was surrounded by friends wanting to send you and Phoebe their best wishes. Phoebe wasn't there? No, she met me on the sidewalk before the service, but didn't stay. She's avoiding the crowds and the questions, just like you. Abby stared off into space, and Geraldine took a seat. Hmm... Tell me, how was your day? How are you feeling? Abby remained standing and gave a brief and upbeat account of her day. And then she quietly sat down and said, There's a couple of things. Remember you said this morning that if I need to talk, just to let you know? Well, I could really use your help now. You know it's hard, hard to keep going when it hurts so much to live. You know it takes so much more than all you've got to give. I'll put one foot after another if you just keep me going. Are you out there? Tell me, are you in there? Does anyone hear my call? It's got to mean, got to mean something That's anything here at all Go right ahead, dear. This is a good moment for me. I don't have to be anywhere. I was behind the door listening to today's service. And I heard you and Tom Winkle read from the Bible. And I heard Reverend Tuck's sermon and well, I was both happy and frightened. I admire the courage of all of you and especially Tuck. And you were telling the truth as I know it, but wasn't it all a bit provocative for such a day? I mean, on my first day here at the church, for you and Tuck to proclaim God's partner in creation, Sophia Wisdom. And incidentally, since Sophia was there as an architect of creation, what was her relationship to God? His daughter? Wife? I mean, isn't that a reasonable question? She didn't come from nowhere. Well, the fact is we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. As far as I know. 
Is that why no one wants to talk about Sophia? Maybe. I understand your questions, but I don't know the answers. And wasn't it a bit provocative for my first stay at the church to mention the burning of Hidden Valley houses and the ancestors of so many? And inviting Pastor Banks from Rivergate? I don't know. It kind of brings the decades of secret out into the open, doesn't it? Geraldine nodded. I appreciate you confiding in me. That explains a lot of things. You see... I didn't know you had an ancestor living in Hidden Valley. That was back well before I was born. But I've long been aware that the population of Rivergate must have tripled during 1942. But how do you know that? Well, I've been there often in the course of my work, making home visits to families with children recovering from operations and illnesses. Geraldine paused and caught Abby's eye. You may not remember, but you were one of them. Tears came to Abby's eyes. <laughs> I've never forgotten. And I know I never thanked you. It's hard for me to mention, and... Tears dripped down her cheeks. I understand, dear. You thanked me with your eyes. You communicated more than you know. I think... I think maybe you were about to say something... about me? Yes. You see, I didn't quite understand your circumstances before. I didn't know your grandparents or great-grandparents might have been burned out of Hidden Valley. Your parents never mentioned anything about their history, and I never asked. But I've been well aware that many of the people in Rivergate are at least partly descended from the people of Hidden Valley. It was their land, as was the entire Half Moon Valley, once upon a time. Hidden Valley was well off the beaten track, with no good roads. And I've heard that two generations of the Georgie family encouraged people to stay, and employed them tending the apple orchards and gardens. And after that lunatic mob burned the houses and barns, people fled to Rivergate where their relatives lived. Most people don't talk about this. Oh, I make a point of talking to parents and grandparents. And of course, Tuck and I are friends. Believe me, most of those who know this history wish you well. But... But some hate me. Oh, it's all right, dear. But I have good reason to be afraid. We moved off to Ridgewood to hide from all of this. But it won't stay hidden. And now here I am, in the middle of it. Geraldine gave Abby a long hug. Please, hear me when I say you're doing very well and have incredible courage. I'm in awe of what you've accomplished so far. And what might that be? Stirring up these painful memories? Now, now, don't take that all on yourself. 
You didn't start these conflicts, but you do have the opportunity and ability to create great changes. Even when you were young, people could see there was a spiritual quality about you. Everyone in Rivergate noticed it. You used to have a nickname. Do you remember? You mean the ghost girl? That was just to tease me, and I never liked it. I was constantly sick and thin as a ghost. Maybe some people were referring to those things, but I know better. Ghost is another name for spirit. You have a glow about you, a sort of aura or transparency. It's not a matter of being thin or pale or sick. You know that a particular destiny is pulling you along. You've got motivation you're hiding from me. Abby burst into tears and hid her face in her hands. <laughs> I can't bear to have people know about this. Can you see that post-traumatic stress is not just an excuse to keep people from bothering you? It goes way, way back. The people in Rivergate suffer as a group. The people in Middletown suffer as much, but in a different way. Perhaps most of humanity suffers from this all over the world. In a frenzy, we are destroying the very world we live in. I know, I know. If only I could help our world in some way, I would be happy. If I could just accomplish something.
you out there? Tell me, are you in there? Does anyone hear my call? It's got to mean, got to mean something That's anything here at all Reach for me, reach for me Cause I'm all out of strength Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Find all our projects on protectorsofthewood.com and support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. <laughs>